wherever this episode finds you. And if you're not, may this episode be a sign that your day is going to turn around. And with that choice, here we go. I'm Lydia. I'm the founder of Reself, for those of you who are new here. And uh, welcome or welcome back to As It Goes. You know, we're all just figuring it out as it goes, and conversations help us along the way. I'm sitting here with a beautiful candle that was gifted to me from Bilden Pharmacy. I will link it in the show notes. It is their spring candle sitting in a Japanese cup when it's my candles time to be done I'll have a beautiful new teacup check out their website everything is beautiful Amy the founder the creator her works are awesome so always looking to share the love of candles with anyone Candles bring us so, so much happiness. And Amy's candles are beautiful from the vessels that contain them to the little earth offerings that sit and float at the top of them. Go check them out. Maybe that's your sign that you should uh, get a candle if you've been thinking about it. If you've been thinking about a way to add some sensuality into your life, some ambiance, if you've been looking to add some ambiance to your life, beautiful way to start. Yes, signs and synchronicities. This is a beautiful topic of conversation that I'm really excited to have. This is really fun, playful, yet still deeply philosophical conversation. We all, I think, have our own relationship or non-relationship with signs and synchronicities. Signs might look like seeing repeating numbers, like 1111, 33, or 333, which, for those of you who are curious, the meaning that is rooted in and derived from these numbers, from my understanding, can be traced back to different ancient cultures, with one specific example being traced back to the ancient Greek philosopher Pythagoras and his ideas and belief that numbers have meaning, believing that all things were actually made up of numbers and viewed math as a spiritual endeavor, Most of you will probably recall what he is the father of, which amongst other many things, as those ancient Greeks were famous for being, you know, mathematician, astrologer, musician, you know, all his other multi-hyphenates, right? He's the father of the Pythagorean theorem, which many of us might remember or painfully remember from math class. (laughs) Signs can also look like a red cardinal, a butterfly, 
that makes you think of a loved one who's passed or, as we'll discuss, crossed over instead of passed away. And synchronicities might look like thinking about someone and they cross your path or they text you out of the blue or say you're thinking of moving somewhere and you begin to see all these signs as you go about your day that relate to that place or even hearing your favorite song when you walk into the grocery store playing. I just had a synchronistic occurrence just a few hours ago. I was reading a book that was discussing drum ceremonies and their spiritual significance. And then during my yoga practice in Shavasana, the teacher played a song that had a sort of tribal drum playing in it. And that's synchronistic. There is meaning in that occurrence as I felt the significance and deep connection to our tribal human ancestry that lives in our bones and the call of those drums and seeing the alignment between those two events as an indication that I'm on the right path. This is a clue, so to speak. If this topic of conversation seems a little woo-woo or out there to you, I totally understand. For most of us in our Western culture, this is undiscussed and abnormal. And at the same time, most of us have these experiences. There is a place for skepticism in a healthy mind. Question everything. And be open to the fact that we know next to nothing about the universe. So sit with this conversation, take it in, and maybe it'll change your life to open up to meaning in this way. It most likely will. An interesting little tidbit that psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson said in a talk of his was the neurophysiological evidence of one researcher that disproves the common idea and belief that we look at an object and derive meaning, but instead proved that we look at meaning and infer an object based on the neurological processes that the researcher observed occurring in our brain. Just in case you needed that nudge to open up to this a little more. And I'll say this again. Synchronicities is a term coined by renowned psychologist Carl Jung, who came up with and derived this concept of meaningful occurrences are linked together. Which is all to say basically that there is profound meaning occurring deeply within the time-space continuum that happens and If we're open to it, we can see that. If we're closed off to it, then, you know, life is like meaningless. And what's the point? You know what I mean? So the the practice of being open in this way and what that research shows us is that there is deep meaning occurring all around us. And as we've talked about in conversations past, it's all about our mindset and our beliefs. If we're believing things are meaningless and they're just coincidences that have nothing to do with each other, that's what we're going to see. But if we open up 
to this research that is showing us we see meaning in derived object, then that profoundly changes the ways in which we interact with and experience the world and feel meaning and purpose in every possible moment. That's profound. That's what's at the core of what we're talking about when we're talking about signs and synchronicities. It's really not woo-woo. At the core of it, the woo, so to speak, the out-there-ness is simply, I think, the ungrounded nature of these discussions without the source material, so to speak, driving the conversation. When we ground in the evidence, when we ground in the sources, what, what is there to say but, holy shit, <laughs> you know? When we have skepticism, the best thing we can do is learn about it, get curious about it. When and where we find ourselves being skeptical, that is an invitation to explore and learn. Where skepticism is unhealthy is when you say, numerology is bullshit, (laughs) so I'm not going to look into it. I already have deemed that, right? But when we gently remind ourselves, I know I know nothing, then nothing is in the realm that I can write off. So in order for me to make an accurate judgment, I must do the research that is required of me in order to understand, right? Otherwise, we just remain in ignorance. And that doesn't help us. And it does not help the world, right? And I can totally relate. I've had my things. I'm a, like, I'm very open to a lot of ideas and things. And in that spirit of, I know I know nothing, you know, the world is so, the universe is so large and mysterious. And we have barely scratched the surface. Humans have barely been alive for a blip on the dot of the timeline of uh, existence. So. I think that that reflects our level of understanding and knowledge about all the workings of the universe. So I'm open. At the same time as I've grown up and I've understood this about myself, there's also a catch side to this, which means in the same sense of being skeptical, I still have to do my research. If it's so easy for me to take an idea as being, okay, yeah, I understand that. I can see how that can be. So cool. I'm cool with it. But I also need to do my own research and look into it and get to the sources. Because otherwise, things are just ideologies. And again, that's equally as dangerous. I remember when I first learned about, I think this is a great example, right? This is a good segue into this conversation. When I first learned about numerology, I think I learned like a lot of people learned through this idea of seeing 1111 on the clock. That's a blessing. It's a good thing. And, you know, that was all it remained for me for a while. I remember even picking up a numerology book at the bookstore, flipping through it, just being curious and like, okay, so this is what this is saying. But 
I still wasn't receptive to it. So if I wasn't receptive to it, I really wasn't going to gain any depth from that. I wasn't ready to learn about it, right? And that goes for so many different things in our lives, right? It could be meditation. It could be yoga. We could write off both of those practices and their history of importance in our holistic well-being as multidimensional beings. And yet, so long as we write them off or we're not completely open to sitting in that practice, to showing up enough to actually have a visceral experience with the benefits of it, there's only so much we can actually gain from it. I mean, that's why at Reself we say the first necessity is openness. We have to be curious and open in order to discover, in order to evolve. But back to my numerology story. So my level of depth with this engagement of seeing these repeating numbers never really went anywhere. Learning about Pythagoras and his philosophy beyond what I was necessarily taught in my philosophy degree or even in math class, right? In rounding out that picture because that picture was shaped by someone else's beliefs of what was valuable that I should learn about him, what was, you know, acceptable about his philosophies and mystical and thus not philosophical. Anyway, Learning about Pythagoras, right, that shifts it, right? This guy who has this cardinal idea of the Pythagorean theorem, which is taught in math class today across the board, right? This is an accepted thing. So that man who created, came up with that brilliant theorem also had other ideas. Why do we discount his other ideas? and only accredit some of his ideas is a question for us to ask ourselves, right? So in learning about that and being more open as, you know, as we go, as our journeys open us up to newer things, and in reading a book that we'll talk about, it just completely changed my perception and I think really locked in what I already new and what we already know in our hearts, but we have to give ourselves permission to see it and to accept it and to embrace it. So, drum roll. Fundamentally, there is an element of choice when it comes to how we see signs and synchronicities and, you know, all these things. In one way, we are talking about the philosophy of meaning, right? Is life meaningful or do we give it meaning? That's the two, uh, you know, opposing realms of thought, so to speak, when it comes to philosophical discourse on the subject of meaning. And in my survey and studies of diverse philosophies of many origins and time periods, thinkers, psychologies, I've come to understand and I think that the most accurate ideas reflect that it's both 
and. Life is meaningful and we give it meaning. Life is meaningful. (laughs) Look at the organization of the universe, for example. It's not random. Einstein, where if you read anything about Einstein, he is one of those really special, like why, we ask, why is Einstein so special, right? It's not only his contributions, but it's his thoughts. It's his perspective. It's the fact that he kept the spirit in his science. He had a very spiritual understanding of science and his spiritual understanding was empowered by science. They weren't in opposition as they are, you know, made out to be in the world we live in today. Einstein said, God doesn't play dice with the universe. And in the other realm, I think we do give life meaning because we have free will, right? So this is where this comes in. We have free will to choose whether we see the meaning in life or we make out life to be meaningless and take on a nihilistic perspective of the world and life and the universe. We can choose to believe that everything is happening as conducive to evolution in its best sense. We spoke about this in being a human in process, either part one or part two. Both will be linked in the description. About this idea of natural intelligence, right? If we consider Einstein's idea that the universe isn't God playing dice. And we look at this idea that an acorn knows how to grow itself into a tree perfectly without needing anything but the right conditions in order for that unconscious growth to occur. We look at something like how the solar system is perfectly placed for the earth to have been able to support life. The sun is the perfect distance, right? All of these things, all of the interconnected ecosystems that allow each other to thrive, that allowed life to evolve from single-celled organisms to our human organism, right? And all the other beings and critters that we share this earth with, we can see that the universe is working in a direction of evolution and support and positive evolution. It is always evolving and we can make meaning in that sense out of some of the worst things. I think a really great example of this is Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. He talks all about meaning and purpose and creating meaning and purpose out of horrific things. If ever we could learn a philosophy as great and powerful in the realm of the philosophy of meaning, I think that is a beautiful place to look. And again, I think that it's kind of unfortunate that I think in a lot of philosophical curriculums and school curriculums in general, we're not pointed to look there. That's where we each as individuals have a role in educating ourselves, right? And choosing 
what we learn and continuing our education in that pursuit of knowledge, in that pursuit of living a good life, of flourishing, of contributing to the good of being and living consciously. So I have found in my own experience, it's when we choose to not give meaning to life and to our experiences, or rather we simply neglect our active participation in the making and understanding and discovering of meaning in every moment that we suffer. And again, Viktor Frankl basically touches on that idea in Man's Search for Meaning and what he witnessed in the concentration camps between the mindsets of those who were imprisoned. Also, by the way, just if we're talking about signs and synchronicities here, I'm seeing repeating threes throughout this conversation. First it was 313, then it was 323, now it's 333. So just saying, we'll get into what that might mean towards the end here. There's a quote from the idyllic author Roald Dahl that is included in the book I'm about to reference at the start of it. And I, this quote touched me. This is why we share quotes in each lesson of a Reself workshop because it just really introduced the whole book and what this book was saying and what we're saying here about meaning, which is, he says, And above all, watch with glittering eyes the whole world around you because the greatest secrets are hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. This magic that he's talking about isn't fantasy. There is real quote-unquote magic In everyday life, if we have the eyes and open hearts to see it. What that magic is, are, in one sense, signs and synchronicities. What we mean by magic is the ways in which forces, the universe, you know, life force, energy, God's source... Those are loved ones that have passed and and the interconnected webs that we all weave between each other, like a friend calling when we think of them. That's the language of the universe. And it seems like magic because we can't see the interconnection, the, as Laura Lynn Jackson, the author of the book, calls them, like, I think she says, threads of light that connect us all. If we understand this idea that we are all one and we are all connected, then there are these little threads connecting us to each other, to those who have passed, to like grounding us or suspending us from the ultimate dimension, nirvana, the universe, whatever you want to call it. That magic is the profound meaning that we were talking about earlier underlying our entire existence. 
So after reading this book, Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe by Laura Lynn Jackson, my relationship with signs, synchronicities, what we just talked about with numerology, has increasingly deepened and expanded. And I have a level of, I I don't even know if it's understanding, because I think I and I think a lot of us have a certain level of cognition, but it's like a deep understanding. It's an embodied understanding and knowing, remembering. I doubt anyone ever told you about signs and synchronicities in grade school or, you know, college for that matter. And I humbly believe that's a damn shame. And you'll understand why. Seeing these signs these layers and strings of interconnection brings so much joy and meaning and feelings of connection in our day. It reinvigorates life to see it through this perspective, to see life through this perspective, and to see the evidence of this interconnection. I think for so many of us, interconnection and oneness can be such a far, it's again, we can cognize it, we can logically understand what it's saying and agree with it, yet maybe we don't have those feelings, those experiences, right? Life, our greatest and truest teacher, we're not, we're not experiencing it in that sense. And these signs are really supportive when we're trying to follow our own path, our truth, our intuition, and the fear, the worry is clouding our ability to be certain and confident in our path and purpose here in fulfilling that. And it's so true what Laura says, when we're open to it, conscious and paying attention, we see the signs. We see them even when we don't have languages for them or understand their full meaning. But again, there's the disconnect where oftentimes we dismiss them, minimize them, keep them to ourselves because they seem, it seems a little bit too out there to embrace this idea. So let's start with synchronicities. Synchronicity is a term coined by Carl Jung. Jung believed our lives are not random, and these synchronicities are meaningful coincidences are of two or more events where something other than the probability of chance is involved. He posited that it's all manifestations of different levels of the unified universal force that governs our existence, that exists in our being. You might call it God, the universe, life force, source, etc. In essence, right? You can learn, and I encourage you, to learn more about Jung's synchronicity in the book I've linked in the description. Everything is linked in the description, as always. Signs, also linked in the description. Signs, as Laura Lynn defines them, are messages sent to you by the universe. Again, God, the universe, whatever you call it. 
our guides and loved ones who have crossed over. We can ask for signs and these signs also just cross our paths without asking. Let's talk about this idea of what crossed over means because in light of this book, I now understand. In Buddhism, there's no birth, no death. We, nothing is ever really born. It just continues. All there is is continuation. We see this even in scientific laws. Matter and energy can't be created or destroyed. It only changes. The egg that made us lived in our mother when she was in her mother's womb. We are a continuation of our ancestors. We don't die but continue to live in our children in the ways we've touched people in our lives. That energy continues. So we've changed, but the energy is still there. It's changed forms, but it hasn't been destroyed. Nothing is separate. We're all one. And in this spirit, Buddhism says we have no soul, no separate self. And I understood, but I still had questions. For example, when genuine, real mediums, such as Laurelyn Jackson, who is a renowned medium, when they, you know, who are they channeling? And how, if an an essence of a person doesn't live on? And that's where a philosophy like Jung's comes into play, by breaking down the layers of interconnectedness and of the truth of no separate self as it relates to our psyches and as it relates to this idea of a return to oneness and our continuation. By the way, if you're kind of floored and curious, you can watch Laura do her thing, or if you're skeptical, again, encourage to watch on Netflix's Goop Lab episode, also linked in the description. Really cool thing happens when they record this experience of her reading for someone. So definitely check it out. I'm not an expert on Jung. I also know that Jung was really interested in mediumship and wrote about it. I haven't yet read that. So this is my inference on his model of the soul and psyche, what I have read of his, what I know about him, and obviously all the philosophies uh, that I know. Here's the thing, right? Underlying these two phenomenas is this. We are way more powerful as humans than we have any idea about. Number two, our world is way more than we see and quote-unquote know through science. Number three, maintaining meaning, wonder, and awe in our lives requires us to be curious, open, and keep the mystical alive because the mystical lives in us. If we remove it, we starve ourselves. We cannot be holistically well. For example, think about how 
many of us either disliked, didn't care for, hated, or lost interest in math as we went through the education system. Imagine what that might have been like if we were taught about meaning and the quote-unquote magic of numbers and geometric forms that are present all over nature called sacred geometry, right? What if we understood the deep relationship between math and what we were learning in the classroom and the understanding of life and the universe itself? That's keeping the spirit in science, the mystical in the method, right? If science is the method of understanding, you can't remove the subject of which you're understanding. You can't separate the two because then understanding can't exist because it's not full understanding. You know, especially with quantum physics, as it approaches the proof of certain spiritual philosophies, we must remember to preserve. (laughs) You know, Aristotle apparently critiqued the Pythagoreans for using math only for mystical reasons without practical application, which is not to say anything against the practical. But now we can see the funny thing is that we see the pendulum swing the other way and we are devoid of any application for the well-being of our soul, our knowing, our understanding of ourselves and the universe. We only do the practical application. The happy medium is in the middle way, right? It's always in the middle way. I digress. In the book, Laura shares countless examples in every chapter of these profound experiences people have, specifically with loved ones who have passed away, because that's where she were, and that's what she, her field of work, so to speak, and the signs that they receive. And I just want to share one of those so you can get a sense and you can hopefully be touched by this, by the, tr- the, the profound wonder, the awe that exists in this conversation. Because every time I picked up that book and read it, I cry. I cry tears of joy, of being touched, of feeling just floored in wonder and awe. Again, remembrance of this truth that exists of our existence that we forget. She gives the story of a woman whose husband goes in for emergency heart surgery. Obviously, she was incredibly anxious and fearful. The woman ended up saying a prayer to her son that she had lost in infancy, asking him to send her a sign that his father, her husband, would be okay. She prefaced this with, if you're even still there, Carrie, the name of her son, if you're even there listening, please do this. I need this. So while she was waiting in the waiting room for her husband's surgery to get done, a nurse came over and asked her if she wanted a coffee. And the woman gave the nurse some money to go get her a coffee. And when the nurse came back with the coffee, she handed her the change. And the woman of the husband, putting the change away, 
saw that on the top corner of one of the bills in capital letters read Carrie. The name and spelling of her deceased son, of her son that had crossed over. Just take a moment to let that digest. Imagine being that woman in that position, in that terrifying position, and then that happens. Which no one else could have known or interfered with. There's no explanation for that. That's what Jung's talking about in synchronicities. There's no explanation for the meaning that exists there except the meaning itself, except the profound wonder and awe of what just happened and the meaning behind it. And by the way, the operation was successful. I'll share a recent example from my life. I'd been reading this book, opening myself up, seeing little signs here and there and smiling because really what these signs are allows us to have a conversation with the universe and that's the joy, the fun, the play in it. Feeling and knowing I'm on the right path and I'm being guided and it's awesome. So I went to have a small, optional, small health procedure done that was a result of my intuition guiding me to do this and take this action. And I obliged, but I was slightly nervous. And I just wanted to know that I was making the right decision. And I asked the universe to give me a sign that my intuition was right and I was right to listen to it. After everything went well, I went to my favorite falafel place to get falafel on pita. And a man walked in right past me wearing a flat cap and a black peacoat. And I made note about it because it reminded me of my grandpa who used to wear those two items as his uniform who passed years ago. Back in the car, that same man walked past the front of my car, which was parked away from the falafel place. Empty-handed, he hadn't gotten anything and he didn't stay long enough to have had an order anyway. He literally had just gone in there, looked at a menu, and came out. It wasn't until a day or two later that my mom reminded me of the date of the anniversary of my grandpa's passing. I thought back to that curious event and looked at my calendar to check if those two dates coincided. Holy shit. That was the day I'd had that procedure and had that experience. It was my grandpa telling me that I made the right decision and he's here with me. And the thing is that relationship, because I was so young then, that relationship has evolved as I've gotten over. And I think the beautiful thing that Laura highlights through these signs, especially as they relate to those of our loved ones who've crossed over is that our relationships don't end because of death. They continue in a new form. And I think it's even the same thing with friendships here. That sending of light and love to those friends that have moved on from us or sending them well wishes whenever we think of them who are still, you know, in our lives and knowing that it's reaching them, knowing that we are still in conversations with those who are not physically in our lives. The connections don't end. 
the relationship doesn't end, it evolves and we get to continue it. So signs can be these types of moments. They can, as the book explains, be what she refers to as default signs, birds, butterflies, deer. I had a really, what I only called weird experience. Months ago, I was walking Nor, my dog, and a deer, there's lots of deer where I live, but a deer was super close to us, didn't move, didn't run because of Nor, just stood there and looked at me. All it did was look at me. It looked so long. It just stood there and looked. <laughs> it was like it was frozen and just looking at me. So deer are one of those, and now I understand that as a sign, a blessing. These signs can also be electrical events, like random technology turning on, your phone buzzing, but no call, blank text messages, coins, rainbows, pictures, slogans, billboards, magazines, license plates, street signs, songs, feathers, ladybugs, and numerical sequences. So I'm sure you can kind of think about, in that sense, any of those moments in your life that have you've registered as weird or odd or out of the ordinary like we already talked about with the numerical sequence thing I think a lot of us see them and I think this is kind of like an accepted mainstream thing but we still relegate it maybe to weird coincidences or like that's cool let me take a screenshot of my phone but leave it at that which is awesome, right? It's that first entry into this perception. But even more empowering is to know in this example what that meaning is behind these series of repeating numbers. Signs in general, as we'll talk about, we get to create that language. We get to pick and create our own language and system in which we can recognize meaning by picking a few signs that we can ask for that signify that connection remember how i said that there were repeating threes coming up as i am recording this when i paused this recording to take a break I got a letter in the mail from a friend whose street number was 313. So again, it's, you know, when we're looking for these signs, when we're open to them, there they are, there they come. Anyway, Jung also spoke about symbols and the importance of symbols in our lives and for our holistic well-being and flourishing. It's important to remember whether... You know, it's exemplified by Pythagoras or Jung. These ideas were widespread amongst ancient philosophies, philosophies from multiple places around the world. It's not to diminish their contribution in the slightest. Rather, it's to acknowledge and reverence those who came before and contributed directly and indirectly to their wisdom. Returning to Jung... Symbols, signs, synchronicities, all these symbols, archetypes, images can provide us with clues from the depths of our psyche. 
our subconscious, our intuition, and I would even add the universe itself because we are manifestations of creation itself in human form, just as all else is a manifestation of and originates to that same life life force and source. The point is, we have to pay attention. We must learn to watch, to work, to understand, and then act on what is being shown to us. A funny synchronicity that occurred recently was the result of, again, I had acted on my intuition, this time to share my truth with someone and invite them to do the same, and they weren't ready. I'd learned a lot through reflection on that experience, but there was still room for integration. Maybe a week went by, and at yoga, (laughs) everything happens at yoga, my instructor, which actually was Amy of Build and Pharmacy, whom we mentioned earlier, in a completely different context, said, sometimes we're ready to share our truth, but others aren't ready to receive it. And I stopped her and let her in on the deeper meaning that her words had for me and my experience and what I realized I was being encouraged to reconsider, reflect on, to truly understand and integrate that experience, to revisit it. Because of what she had said, because of the profound meaning in that coincidence that couldn't be explained otherwise. And we both got to have one of those great cosmic giggles about the synchronicity. This is what makes meaning in the mundane, or guidance when we're lost, support when we're shaking. This is what makes a healthy psyche, our flourishing in our holistic well-being. We are not just our minds, nor our bodies, nor our souls or spirits, whatever you want to call it. We are multidimensional beings that we know very little about. And the joy, the mystery is to discover, to learn, to be open, to be curious, and feed our wholeness. Just as we have the example of math being drained of its soulful meaning in nature, much of our lives in the West have been drained in just that same way. We are convinced, we are boxed in by fear that we must follow a certain path, we must follow the norms, the herd, even if all signs point to danger. I think a really unfortunate example of this, of this sickness of our society is the mental health epidemic we are currently facing. Our souls are starved, and the first sign is the illness of our mental health. Everything has meaning. Everything is this deep and connected. There is such profound joy, wonder, solace, and freedom in that. The choice is ours as to whether we are open to it and accept it, using our free will, or reject it. But that rejection, as we see, has consequences that can be profoundly felt 
or like a faint, persistent feeling of emptiness. It doesn't even have to be full-on rejection, but I think simply that that need, that inner ping, the inner siren for more, for meaning, for purpose is one that we have to meet for ourselves as a way to take care of ourselves holistically speaking. That's how we contribute to the world, each of us finding our gifts and giving it away, as Pablo Picasso says. Creating and opening ourselves up to witness this language of the universe through signs and synchronicities is another way to begin to explore, to open up, to have a different perspective that nourishes our wholeness. It's simply another element for our holistic well-being. To create a life that nourishes us fully is to explore our own depths and souls and needs and gifts and learn about ourselves and our passions. To do this, we likely walk away from, in one way or another, the herd. And that's how we contribute to the good of being. That's how we heal society. One by one, that's how we rebirth this world, this new world that is calling for us to recreate her in harmony, peace, justice, sustainability, and flourishing. As we always say at Reself, it starts with each of us. It starts within. So quickly, a few closing thoughts. As we mentioned, ask. Pick a sign or two, like a butterfly, turtle, whatever it is for you, and ask a loved one who's passed or the universe, whatever you want to call it, for that sign. It can sound something like a prayer, even. Show me a butterfly if I'm on the right path. And then be open. Expand your awareness, which means being present in the moment and keeping an eye out for it, especially because these signs can appear in unconventional ways. I think especially when it comes to synchronicities. For example, you might have an intuition about an opportunity or next step or change or move or trip or whatever, and then it appears on the sweatshirt of someone walking by on the street as you drive by. We have to be open and present in witnessing to catch those instances. And keep a page in your notebook or journal where you record these occurrences from the signs and the meanings or questions that you associated with them to the synchronicities. And it is so, it's building evidence of this meaning that is constantly occurring in your life. And that is an incredible thing to look back at and see that almost every day you can have something listed there. It's kind of like keeping a gratitude list, a daily gratitude list, 
It's a list of meaning. It's a list of powerful interconnection and, again, evidence of what we talked about in this conversation today. Express your gratitude. Obviously, when we get a sign, we are grateful. So just saying that in your head and acknowledging that you've received it. And one thing that Laura stresses in the book is to share your signs and we'll add synchronicities with loved ones, with your friends, with people that you trust, because you're inviting them to the table of meaning. Don't be afraid for people to make fun of you or not understand or be dismissive. Again, that's just a projection of their own belief systems. When we're experiencing this magic of interconnection and meaning that is present in our lives, witnessing it, and then offering it to others to witness and share in our experience, we're inviting them to open up to that in their lives. And that's sharing that energy, that's sharing in an incredibly profound way that has limitless implications for another person. That one instance could change their life, could change their entire outlook on life. This is a really important element, is the sharing, the communing over the depth of meaning. It's kind of what we talked about with coming together, gathering for the truth. It's sharing in that touch of magic, and that's super incredible. So thank you for gathering here in this conversation, in this spirit. Thank you for holding this space for me and giving yourself this nourishment, being open. And I'm so excited for you to start playing with this. Again, totally recommend this book. Obviously, you don't don't need anything but yourself to get started with this. The book is just... It's obviously going to take you deeper, and it's just so soul-nourishing to read different humans' experiences with these phenomena. I hope you have a wonderful, magical week full of signs and synchronicities, and may you be mindful, open, still, and grateful to see them. Until next time. Bye, everybody.